What? Why would you go with that one? Because I like sandwiches. What? Am I going to have to do it again? Am I going to have to pick another one? No, you need, no, a, new, you you need a new pen. I don't want to keep it because the take's ruined now. You guys suck. Gosh. God. <laughs> Giving me nothing to work with here. Remember the one that I told you about where it's like, where it's like, where we can call each other, each other cute, but if you call us cute. Too long. Too long. Well then fucking Um. do something else other than sandwiches, because ew, frozen's gross. Where Heather has a frozen heart, check. Where's my water? (laughs) I can't find water, so I'm going to drink this windshield washer fluid. That's gross. That probably won't uh, taste good at all. You won't taste good at all. I, I probably not. I haven't showered. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to Disney Versus, where we scare because we care. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. We are in round two of the Disney versus Bracket, the much anticipated round two. If you're new to the show, what we've done is taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies. We've ranked them in a March Madness style bracket and we talk about them and eliminate them until we have a true winner. Like I said, we're in round two. We just got done with our round of 64. Now we have 32 movies left to figure out which is better than the other. Woohoo! How's it going, guys? Good. It's really good. It's I Friday. just had some soup, so I'm really... I'm, I'm content. It's Monday. I'm so, I'm so Friday'd out right now. We have some news. What is it? This past week, Disney released... Uh, Basically, they released release dates for future Disney movies. Yes. For the next uh, four years, not all of them have titles. Hmm. I picked out some of the more notable, the more notable ones. The ones we actually care about. Yeah, the ones we actually care about. We have The Incredibles two, which comes out June of twenty eighteen. Oh yeah. Mulan, the live action remake, in November of twenty eighteen. Wreck It Ralph two. Also known as Ralph Breaks the Internet. Nice. What? The live action remake of The Lion King in June of 2019. And the much anticipated, insert eye roll, Frozen 2 in November of 2019. So that incredible sequel, though. Yeah, right? (laughs) The much anticipated. We've been waiting years. Right. 15 years, man. Wait, yeah, 14 incredible. Years. This is that long? Yeah, because it came really? out in 04. Oh my God, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. No, it's not. There's no way. Guys, knowing the dates is my thing. It came out in 04. <laughs> I know, but Trust I'm going to question you because holy crap, that can't be 04. Trust me on this. What hurts most is when we can say things like, man, I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what else you got? Billy Etchner and uh, Seth Rogen were cast as Timon and Pumbaa in the aforementioned um, Lion King live-action movie. That's how you say that name. I, I may be saying it wrong, to be completely honest, but Etchner sounds right. What do you think about those two as Timon and Pumbaa? 
I'm pretty excited about Seth Rogen because I like his laugh, and I think his laugh is gonna <laughs> is gonna. Fit I can't even do it. Pumbaa. Not even do it right now. What was it, like <laughs> or something like that? I can't no, remember. No, it's, it's not, not that because it. it's like him. I have to look it up and listen to it again. We started laughing at his laugh for a good <laughs> yeah. five minutes. Grace. Uh, what do I think of the two people? Yeah. I, I don't know who the first guy is, but Seth Rogen. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. He's a, Billy Eschner is a, a comedian. He was on Parks and Rec. That's all I got. For this week's matchups, we have Monsters Inc. versus Frozen, and The Lion King versus Zootopia. Yeah, we're we're down to two per episode now. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, I'm very excited. In our second round, we're gonna change up kind of how we're debating our movies. We've already talked a lot about the plot for these movies, so we'll give you a very brief rundown. Um, And then we're going to kind of dig a little deeper into characters, themes, any awards or fun trivia, any iconic lines, just to kind of get a little deeper into our movies. So how do y'all feel about this going up against Frozen? Was it episode one where I got to like... Vent about my Frozen thing? It was two? Okay, yeah. yeah. Everyone should know my thoughts on Frozen, so. I think this is less cut and dry than everybody will actually think it is. Based on episode two, everybody's probably thinking, Heather's about to shit all over Frozen again. (laughs) I won't do it again. But it's, it's less cut and dry than that, because I found a lot of, not a lot of, but I found a couple of parallels to these movies that will make it that have made it difficult to pick a winner for this. So, as far as plot, um, we've got twists for Frozen for sure. Is there a twist in Monsters, Inc.? It's not so much a twist. It's a heel turn, as it were. Because at the end of uh, at the end of Frozen, of course, you have Hans. He has his villain turn where he's you know tried to play the hero the whole movie. And then we get to the end... And uh, Anna's Anna's heart is frozen, and she's about to, you know, turn to ice. Did they know she was going to turn to ice? Well, she has I a frozen so, heart, yeah. but they never really went into detail about what would happen. It was it was basically yeah. like a life or death situation. I feel like because they were like, "Oh shit, you need to find this person that loves you, yeah. so y'all can like kiss and shit or something, because you're gonna die." Enter Hans, who was supposed to be her true love's kiss, and uh, oh, turns Anna. out he's he's you know he's not about that. He just wants to be king. He left her to die. Yeah, and he just pieces out, touches her chin, and then like leaves her on the floor. He's and on the flip side, in Monsters Inc., it turns out that Waternoose, who has been kind of a mentor to James. Yes. The whole time, or sorry, been to, to Sully the whole time is kind of in on the whole kidnapping Boo and forcibly extracting yeah. screams to keep the company yeah. afloat and save the more city. about the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't think that he's necessarily wants to hurt children. I think it's much more he's obsessed with the business aspect of it. Yeah, but that still makes uh, him evil. It makes him the bad guy. Yeah, it still makes him yeah, the bad absolutely, one hundred percent. Because he would like go to any length or whatever to basically achieve whatever he wants which yeah in this case was you know hurting kids and stuff so it's like ooh, yeah it oh, was no. ends justify the means yeah as far as kind of pairing relationships go we've got mike and sully who are roommates and 
came up together in school and we learn later really didn't like each other when they were in school. And then we've got Anna and Elsa who are kind of estranged because Elsa's trying to protect Anna. Which do you think has the better working or the more interesting relationship? Which do you think serves the story better? It's really hard to say because looking at Mike and Sully, their friendship is central to the plot because they're in this together until they get banished yeah Mm -hmm. well the rift kind of starts when boo is introduced like when sully crashes mike's date Date. with celia for her birthday Mm -hmm. that's kind of when the rift starts and it kind of peaks when they get banished and then sully leaves to go rescue boo and something that i noticed is the kind of paradigm shift between Mike and Sully because after the first day at work they're in the locker room and Mike's talking about his date with Celia and he says Mm -hmm. Sully what are you gonna do and Sully says I'm gonna go I'm gonna go work out some more and Mike says the line there's more to life than scaring which Mm -hmm. Mike realizes and Sully is I don't think it's and Sully is you know he's the scarer so he's the He's, you know, doing all the heavy lifting. In that, the climax of the rift and their friendship, Mike is the one who's bringing up the record. We're going to break the record. We had the record in our hands. Stuff like that. And Sully says Mm. the line, none of that matters now. Mm. So there's kind of a paradigm shift, or there's a perspective shift between the two of them. And I feel like Mike realizes it. And that may have ultimately been what causes him to come back and help Mm -hmm. sully to save boo yeah yeah Hmm. what about anna and elsa anna and elsa on the other side it's a different kind of relationship between those two because they're sisters Mm -hmm. and there's you know the blood there and Mm -hmm. anna says it in do you want to build a snowman it's just them i love that song their their parents are dead they (laughs) So far as we know, so far as confirmed, they have no other family. Hint, hint. Mm -hmm. They have a cousin in whatever the name of the kingdom was in Tangled. But it's just Anna and Elsa in that big-ass house. And... I mean, the fact that Elsa never left her room. Until she was coronated. Yeah. It's safe to assume that Anna hasn't seen her sister since... She was probably like three or four. Uh Uh-huh. Like we talked about it, she's craving attention and her sister is all she has and Elsa is the most important thing to Anna and I think on the flip side, Anna is more important to Elsa because she runs away, she doesn't want to hurt Anna first and Mm -hmm. foremost because she stays inside her room to keep her powers contained and when her powers, you know, get out of control after she freaks out at the coronation party, she runs away and attempts to protect Anna. I appreciate the relationships very differently. I think Frozen is very much a, a t- story about two separate people, um, not as a duo. I think we're following Anna's projection. She's just getting out to experience the world, and she's really worried about her sister that she's kind of been estranged from. Elsa's finally, like, just letting go. Boo! Uh, that was, I know, it was really good and really bad and also really accidental. <laughs> um, but she is. 
Um, man, oh, I'm so embarrassed, guys. That was really bad. Yeah, that was really bad. Anyway, so Elsa kind of gets out of her, really, this prison that she's given herself. And it's about the exploration of both of them as individuals and then how they come together to be sisters again. I don't think it's as realistic as as the friendship between Mike and Sully, even though they're monsters. I think that's a much more realistic friendship, and it, it's also more dynamic because you see them have a fight and you see how they work through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way that Aunt Anna and Elsa cope with their problems is not as realistic yeah it doesn't happen in real life as often going off of that like how anna immediately like forgives elsa for like the years of isolation years yeah literal years like from the age of four to the age of probably 17 and yeah because elsa makes this super heartfelt whatever and unfreezes anna because the power of love or something you know, Anna's like, oh, I forgive you. You know, like, you don't get closure, because girls are catty. Sisters are catty with each other. Like, you know yeah. that behind closed doors, they were like, so are you actually going to fucking build that snowman with me? <laughs> <laughs> are we Are we actually going to hang out, or are you just going to go hide away in your goddamn room again? You know, like, <laughs> like that had, but we didn't get to see any of it. Well, well, she did open the gates at the end of the movie, and, you know, the whole town that's was, true. like, in the, you know, just chilling and ice skating and stuff, so I guess that's, a, a the, but you know, the first step. That is the first step, and, yeah, yeah. like, I appreciate that. She says that we're never closing, like and, and Elsa does say we're never closing them again, so I kind of take that symbolically as, you know, she's never, she's not going back to, you know, the way yeah. she was. Yeah, it's just... I, I appreciated in Monsters, Inc. that you got to see them work through that problem while with mm-hmm. in Frozen, it was like almost like an immediate a... thing. And that's not real. You know what I mean? Like yeah, not yeah. not with that kind of situation. Yeah. So I get it. But also, meh. What about the side characters or villains? Both of these movies are interesting as far as even Pixar movies go. And that they're mostly about... They're mostly about the main characters. The two main characters, yeah. Both of these movies have two layers. There's there's a cute character with Olaf and Boo. And then both movies have kind of a villain and then a secondary villain. And for Frozen, we have... You know, it kind of seems like... It kind of looks like Wesselton will be somewhat of an antagonist. The bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out to be Hans. And then in mm-hmm. Monsters, Inc., obviously Randall is up to no good. And then Waternoose turns out to be a secondary thorn. Yeah, he turns out to be apparently the one behind it all. With Waternoose, at the beginning of the film, after he, you know, when he grills that new recruit during training, he talks about the scream crisis and he talks about what kind of scarer he needs mm-hmm. or what kind of scarer the city needs. And it kind of makes me mm-hmm. wonder, was Waternoose thinking of Sully to help Randall from the start? Because this whole story happens over the course of like two days. So I think, mm-hmm. I'm thinking Randall has tapped Waternoose a long time ago. Yeah. And the worse the scream ca- crisis gets, like I don't think Waternoose was on board from the beginning, especially with Randall. Mm-hmm. But the worse the scream crisis gets and the closer the company gets to, you know, going under Mm -hmm. he kind of has to 
go to nefarious means like we talked about earlier and i yeah. think i think waternoose recognized that sully is the key because he's the best scarer mm-hmm. he goes for the wreck he's he's the closest one to breaking the all-time scare record yeah and the way he says the way he says that i'm thinking was waternoose trying to get sully on his side i mean he treats him like a son the whole time yeah that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. with uh what you were saying about um mike telling sully like there's more to life than scaring so before he was just investing a lot of time in his job and stuff like that so that's probably mm-hmm. why water noose was thinking that he would probably totally be on board with it it's because like it's your life and sully also kind of has a uh, how to train your dragon moment with boo because there's that scene where uh, Toothless realizes that everything they know about dragons has been wrong the, their whole lives. You mean Hiccup? Not Toothless. Uh, Hiccup? Hiccup, yeah. yeah. Hiccup with Toothless finds out that everything about dragons is wrong. And kind of the same thing with Sully. Like when they you know, have Boo in their apartment, Sully realizes that she's not dangerous because you know she touches their stuff. She touches them. Mm-hmm. And either they haven't burst into flames or they haven't, you know, been contaminated. So, because mm-hmm. I, I was trying to figure out what what makes Sully so gung-ho for Boo and what's so protective of Boo. He's with her all that time, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's kind of to a fault. Mike never gives her the time of day. Like, he never calls her her. He calls mm-hmm. her Boo, but he calls her it the entire time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Mike, no, sorry, and Sully kind of just turns so quickly once he realizes once she sleeps in his bed and realizes mm-hmm. that she's not dangerous and it's yeah. kind of I'm, I'm still trying to figure out why is it everything we know is wrong or is it some kind of like honor bone in sully that makes him do that i think it's everything we know is wrong i think they come to that conclusion there's a line in there about it but like boo is touching all of their stuff and hugging them and and they're fine. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Especially with the reaction that, like, their job has whenever someone comes back with just, like, a sock on their back, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, the fact that they have, like, that kind of fear instilled in them, and then suddenly Boo's touching their stuff and, and them, and they're like, wait, but nothing's happening. Yeah. Something I recognize in Frozen, well, in both movies, too, but a lot in Frozen, that emotions play heavily into the goings-on. Like, Elsa's mm-hmm. powers are controlled by her emotions, like, with her... Really purely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With her her fear of... Like, her powers are, I think, the most unstable when she's afraid. Uh-huh. You can see and, that when she um, accidentally, like, shot icicles at people. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. when she's making it snow in her room. Like, when she's, you know, anxious. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at the end of, uh, do you want to build a snowman? Yeah. She's in her room. And it's snowing because she's not so much afraid, not so much anxious, but she's just, I guess, confused. She doesn't know. I think she's she's also probably grieving, too. Yeah. Because it's right after her parents have died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see that she kind of had an outburst. Because if you look Mm -hmm. like on the floor and on the door and on the wall and stuff like that, it looks like it looks like it's spreading out from her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like super clear ice or anything, but like frost like shot from where she's huddled up on the yeah. floor i think she has the most control over her powers when she's angry because when those soldiers attack she has the the presence of mind to be able to you know shoot ice at them make chandeliers fall and when uh mm-hmm. hans and anna come and see her the first time she creates 
the giant snow monster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you count that as angry or would you count that as like confident? Because she also built an ice castle when she was like, cool, I'm confident in myself. I don't have to hide anymore. You know, like I can just be me. This is cool. Okay, I'm going to make myself a home. I think that's different. Well, yeah, you know, like she, it's, she it's builds a different type of thing. confidence. It's, it's like a different type of confidence. Yeah, that's that's confidence though. Not That's not anger. Like her creating mm-hmm. the snow monster wasn't confidence. That was her trying to get mm-hmm. people to leave her alone. Okay, yeah. And then in, uh, in Monsters, Inc., when they first have Boo in their apartment, she goes through all the emotional ranges. She's crying. Mm-hmm. She's sad because Mike won't give her the bear. She screams because Sully is afraid of her, I think. And then she laughs, which mm-hmm. the end of the movie shows us that laugh is more powerful than scream. And there's something to that, that laughing is more powerful than being scared. Joy is way more powerful. Yeah. yeah. I've been reading too much about leadership. When we try to lead people, when we think about even politics, Mm -hmm. fear can be really destructive and you typically get more done by creating buy-in. Yeah, to be like super cheesy about it, it's better to lead. Like it's better to be loved than feared. Do you want to move on to awards for these? Yeah, I did a lot of research on the awards for these. During this round two, whenever we talk about awards, going to be referring to three big, uh, the three big sections of awards. We're going to be referring to the Oscars, the Annie Awards, which are just awards for animation. They're just for animated things like animated movies, animated TV. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be referring to the Golden Globes. Frozen won two oscars best animated film best original song the golden globe for best animated film and the annie awards for best animated film achievements in directing achievements in music and music scoring production design and outstanding voice acting for josh gad as olaf yeah yeah okay yeah (laughs) josh gad was a huge standout in this more than anyone else yeah more than anybody else (laughs) I've been impaled. <laughs> I have no bones. Or skull. Yeah. <laughs> for Monsters, Inc., it won the Oscar for Best Original Song. It actually lost Best Animated Film to Spirited Away. Ooh. And interesting enough, it was nominated for Best Sound Editing. There are only two films nominated for Best Sound Editing in 2002. Monsters, Inc., and Pearl Harbor. <laughs> it was interesting to me because Pearl Harbor is a Michael Bay film, and most Michael Bay films get it's nominated for sound for editing. Sound. Like this, mm-hmm. if Michael Bay is going to be like his films, if they're going to be Oscar nominated, it's going to be for their sound mixing and their sound editing. Like all the yeah. Transformers, most of the Transformers films have been nominated for sound editing sound mixing but listening to the sound for monsters inc was really interesting because all the 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 monstrous sounds like whenever something goopy happened uh sully's walking i i listened to it Mm -hmm. like whenever some it's all different because the monsters have to walk differently 
it's super crisp and evident when Mike is walking and when Sully's walking because Sully mm-hmm. has furry feet and Mike's feet are slimmer. He looks, mm-hmm. he has closer to chicken legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monsters Inc. also won the Annie Award for character animation hmm. and it didn't win any Golden Globes because in 2002 there wasn't a category for animated films in the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. It didn't really win that many awards. It was critically mm-hmm. acclaimed. It did well in the box office. It didn't, you know, destroy its competition because around this time, uh, Shrek 2 had come out, I believe. Shrek or Shrek 2. Oh. Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. There were so many other great animated movies out at the time. Like Lilo mm-hmm. and Stitch, Ice Age. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of other movies out. Uh, Monsters, yeah. Inc. is good, but it's not... It didn't, you know, decimate its competition like Frozen did. We're still talking about many years later. Yeah. The merchandise for Frozen is insane. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's getting a sequel. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. people are looking... F- well, by people, I say younger people than us, mm-hmm. are looking forward to more than people were looking forward to when Monsters University Monsters was announced. What is your favorite line? What's a funny line? What's the funniest line to you? What's a super iconic line from both films? I feel like from Frozen, really anything that Olaf says is funny. Mm -hmm. I was looking through quotes on IMDb for Monsters, Inc. And I think it's a funny movie, but it doesn't have many one-liners. True. There really aren't that many good one-liners, and mm-hmm. they fit in context, but when you take them out of context, it's not, it just doesn't deliver as well. I think one that's kind of lived, that's sort of gotten a life on its own, is put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. That's literally saw, what was going through my put head. Put that thing back yeah. where it came from, or so help me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, like, I saw a t-shirt. So help me, so help me, and cut. Like, you know the, the keep calm and chive on? It's, uh, keep, yeah. it has Mike's eye on it, and it says keep... <gasps> Keep calm and put that thing back where it came from or so help me. <laughs> Is that what you're getting me for Christmas? No. That's it's what not. that sounded like to me. Yeah, I would agree with Grace with the whole, like, Olaf thing. Because, I mean, even earlier in, like, in this recording, we were, like, quoting Olaf, you know, like, I've been impaled. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do or die. Which one moves on? Okay, I'll go first. So Monsters, Inc. moves on for me. <laughs> Why? I loved the frozen like i can't tell you how many times i listened to do you want to build a snowman on repeat singing all the voices it was super annoying i loved it i don't think the story holds up particularly well i think it's funny i laugh i love olaf there are parts of the soundtrack specifically the opening sequence with the chorus that i absolutely love so I don't carry all this baggage with Frozen like Heather and to some extent I think Tori. But Monsters, Inc. to me creates a universe so thoroughly. I love the storyline. I think it has a good message. I mean, we, talk, we talked really briefly about about some of the themes, but I think the big one is don't always believe what you're told. Like, ask questions and do your research before you form your own opinions because that was what got Mike and Sully into trouble in the first place. Mm -hmm. But Boo is a fantastic character. Um, I read on IMDb that while they were recording, 
the young girl, Mary, who voiced Boo, she couldn't stay still long enough for them to record her. So they just followed her around with a microphone mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of used what, whatever she said while she was playing in, oh my God, as so her dialogue. Cute. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so I, I think it's a terribly sweet story, and I think it's got a great story arc. You get to see some really realistic problem solving and dealing with friendships and fighting and that I think that's a really powerful message to pass on that it's okay that you fight with your best friend every once in a while but you have to work through it and hopefully you come out on the other end okay mm-hmm. Monster's Day wins for me let's be more democratic about this Heather what's your pick what do you think I'm more story heavy personally and so my pick my pick would be Monsters Inc just because of the storyline it was a little more put together in my opinion um like sure there were surprises but they weren't as um out of the blue yeah they weren't yeah I guess they weren't like as surprising or or, like I don't know it's hard it's hard to phrase that because like that's the whole point of like Hans coming out as the as the villain and stuff like him I almost but it was felt like you could have you could have had the ending of Frozen without that plot twist. Yeah, exactly. That didn't really need to happen. Um, it was too subtle, I guess. I love stories, and I like the smoothness of uh, Monsters, Inc. more than I like um, Frozen's. So that's why I would choose Monsters, Inc. at least. I agree with you that the end of Frozen didn't need Hans's villain turn. Like, yes, it's, it's abrupt. Yeah, it, yeah, it's abrupt. But it's not as heartbreaking as Sully going to Mr. Waternoose for help and Mr. Waternoose turning on him. The build up to it is so it's it's so much more impactful because throughout mm-hmm. the film you see like at the beginning, you see Mr. Waternoose upset about the energy crisis and Sully saying, you're going to get us through it. You know, we, I, mm-hmm. I have faith that you'll get us through it. And then the realization when they feel like they have nowhere to turn, Sully says, water noose. Yeah. You know, he goes to water noose for the answer and he turns mm-hmm. on him and it's a lot more hurtful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he, and then he gets banished and then he just kind of freaks and then he freaks out. And then the, all he can think of is boo. That whole sequence, I believe is, is a lot more powerful than Hans's turn. I still like Hans's turn, but it's not as it doesn't Impactful. deliver um, as much punch as that one. And with yeah. the relationship between Mike and Sully, the the shift between that, it's very. I, I like it more than uh, Frozen's. I think it's. I think Mike and Sully's relationship is more central to their their whole story than Anna and Elsa's. Anna and Elsa's, I feel like, could have been. Looking at the characters themselves, I feel like Anna could have, should have, it's your sister. Stuck up for herself more yeah. in... Yeah, stood up for herself The more. first 14 years of her life, yeah. Yeah. Monsters Inc. moves on. Next up, we have the big one. We have Lion King versus Zootopia. Tori, I'm going to have you kick this one off. I really don't know how to start this one because both of these movies are so good. So I guess I'll start with 
Zootopia by asking the question that has kind of been that's been on my mind for a while a couple months ago uh we were watching zootopia with kelsey our guest from uh, last episode when we talked about beauty and the beast and i i posted on facebook that zootopia is so great and will this movie ever not be relevant and that made me ask the question would zootopia be as good of a movie if we hadn't had all this Black Lives Matter controversy going on around the time the movie came up. Because with that being so prevalent in the media and, you know, in the country, would Zootopia's, you know, the context of Zootopia hit so hard? Yes and no. Because there will always be a minority that is under attack in some way. There will always be that controversy there's always discrimination right Mm -hmm. there there has never been a time without discrimination and i think this speaks really openly to that in a in a fairly broad sense so yes i think that will always be relatable to really broad discrimination i think it hit really hard when it was released because of black lives matter so I don't know that in, like, a year it will feel as big as it did a year ago. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking about it, maybe because it, you know, just came out, but haven't really heard much talk about a sequel for Zootopia, a TV show, which I would really love. Speaking of developed worlds, I feel like they did such a good job of developing this universe. Yeah. And it lends itself really well to something like Monsters University, I think it would be easy Mm -hmm. to flesh out this world or even do other movies within this world that aren't about these characters with these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be super easy. I feel like that's where a TV show would come in. You take, you kind of take these characters, well, not these characters, but you take this world. And since Zootopia is so, uh, I'm not going to use the word segregated. It's so segmented. There's so many different climates, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. in Zootopia that you can have multiple stories. And since Zootopia was kind of at its core a, I feel like at its core it was a cop drama, mm-hmm. you could go that route and make you know Zootopia its its own you know New York or Chicago and have mm-hmm. show the seedy underbelly of Zootopia. Maybe maybe less about the CD underbelly like Law and Order SVU or something, but more. Oh, I like... want I want Law and Order Zootopia so so hard right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but more like lessons to be learned um, that are appropriate yeah. for children. The single digits. I want to see animal blood everywhere. I've got to see it. It's got to yeah, be I... rated R Zootopia. That's slaughter though. I kind of don't want a a fun kidsy. <laughs> Through the power of friendship. Learn to share Zootopia. Yeah. I kind of want a... I think... The social social, uh, aspect... Commentary. The social... Thank you. The social commentary of this movie is what made people think, including myself, think this movie was so revolutionary and it's such... It's so... uh, So impactful. I think they should go hard into that. I think you can do that and still make it appropriate for a kid's audience. You just have to write it really smartly because this is supposedly for yeah. kids. 
let's turn the table to Lion King. We touched very briefly about Lion King being loosely based off of Hamlet, and I went through and lined up some of the similarities, and there are a lot. So you've got two royal families where both fathers are killed by the uncles. Both fathers come back as ghosts in some form, and the Lion King Mufasa comes into the clouds and says, remember who you are. And Hamlet, the king comes back to tell Hamlet to take revenge upon his uncle. Both princes are sent away by the person who murdered their fathers. Scar says, run away and never return. Claudius sends Hamlet away to England where he plans on having him killed. That doesn't really pan out. Oh, well, Scar does the same thing because he sends the hyenas to kill Simba. And they fail massively. And they fail. Yeah. Both of the princes have to go through some kind of moral struggle before ultimately killing the guys who killed their father. Although Simba didn't kill Scar. The hyenas did. Hamlet decides not to commit suicide and Simba decides to step up and take his rightful place as king. A mm-hmm. um, little bit different there, a little more kid-friendly. Almost everyone dies in Hamlet. Really, the only person that dies in Lion King is Scar. And Mufasa. And Mufasa. But I, I, was, I was really impressed. I remember talking to my dad, who's an English professor, year, like probably 10 years ago about the similarities and he's like oh yeah that is that is kind of the same story but when i actually sat down and looked at it it's very very similar we could talk about the whole lion king lore like the lion Mm -hmm. king is hamlet lion king 2 is romeo and juliet lion king one and a half is rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead so Mm -hmm. they got the whole literary illusion thing down gave it yeah let's talk about the characters a little bit what about zootopia Who's the bad guy? What's the bad guy's name in Zootopia? Well, there isn't really a bad guy per se. There's the there's the the culprit. Assistant Mayor Bellwether ends up being the villain of Zootopia. Spoilers if you haven't seen Zootopia. <clears throat> she she did That's it. Right. <laughs> she and there's just it. a lot of it's it's just a cop drama. That's there right. are a lot of there are shady characters who are obstacles that Judy and Nick have to get through. At one point, Judy has to get through the chief who is mm-hmm. kind of holding her back from doing all that she can do. There's Wessel's, sorry, Weaselton, who <laughs> gets in their way. Is her first, her first arrest. Uh, Mr. Big, who wants to kill them until she figures out that, until he figures out that Judy saved his daughter. And then blah, blah. There's sister Maribel Weather who is mm-hmm. the mastermind of the whole thing. And then the mayor is kind of a nuisance. But I wouldn't really say there's the only person that's a... I wouldn't really say that Bellwether's a villain. I think it's another... Case of an antagonist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's, I definitely think she's a villain. I think she's another... Like, sorry, I, I didn't mean antagonist. I mean she's another ends justify the means person because she kind of has... Yeah. In her mind, she has the best intentions. She wants... Yeah. Zootopia to be more equal for the prey because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a whole xenophobia thing that the Lion King also kind of has a little bit of mm-hmm. because prey Heather you're going to have to correct me isn't prey makeup 
90 percent yes That's and it. then yeah yet people like bellwether are still afraid mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's it's kind of like how it is you know now like people are afraid mm-hmm. of people are afraid of minorities even though minorities are the minority mm-hmm. it's 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 in the language I guess Bellwether is acting, you know, out of fear. Yeah. She can almost justify the way she's acting with the way the mayor himself treats her. He treats her like garbage. Yeah. yeah. You know, she and she even says she's like, I'm basically a glorified like secretary or whatever. He'll like give her pet names or whatever, but really it's insulting and she's like, Yeah, and then I tried this and he was not happy with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's I think like where she kinda tries to justify a little bit is my guess would be she is thinking, well, if he's treating me like this, then everybody must be feeling like this with predators, so we have to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would think. And then I mentioned xenophobia in the Pride Lands mm-hmm. because Mufasa in Teaching Simba says that all creatures must be respected. Yet, hyenas live in the elephant graveyard and there's hardly anything to eat. So I mm-hmm. feel like his, his whole lesson to Simba is kind of hypocritical. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Simba's right. You know, you eat antelope. They eat the antelope, but you're supposed to mm-hmm. respect them, too? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So which of these do you think has the bigger cultural implication? Zootopia is very social commentary heavy. The Lion King is one of the most beloved animated movies of all time. One of the most beloved movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to say now because Utopia is like a year old. It came out. It's it's been out for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it has the biggest implications to be a great study because if you take a mm-hmm. if you look at a snapshot of like the past like this decade, you have to include Utopia because yeah. with all the racial tension of the past couple of years, Zootopia is, I would look at Zootopia and it's kind of like a kid friendly way to look at the way things are right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My argument is that um, as far as cultural impact, Lion King will beat out Zootopia unless something draws attention to, to keep Zootopia relevant. Unless there's a sequel released or I don't, I don't think it was, it was big, but I'm not sure that it was big enough to do, like, a re-release in the next several years. I definitely think this is something that could be used at university for study. Yeah, definitely. As far as cultural impact, I don't think there's anything that can really beat Lion King. When you ask people, when I tell people about our podcast, mm-hmm. Lion King is what they say is their number one. Across, like, without even hearing which 64 movies, that is most often what people say. And I think that speaks to cultural impact more than almost any other variable. Yeah, I agree with you. There are seven animated feature films in the National Registry for Preservation. Mm-hmm. There's Snow White, Fantasia, Pinocchio, Bambi, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, and Lion King. Mm-hmm. So this film is going to be around yeah. for a while. Yeah. Well, it's been re-released so many times. It's been re-released yeah. in IMAX. It was re- re-released nine years later 
in 3D. It's getting a live-action remake. It was a Broadway musical, an extremely successful Broadway musical. One that's still touring. I think the musical is one of the longest-running touring musicals ever. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. Like, behind too. Cats and probably Phantom mm. of the Opera, I think. Mm-hmm. What about accolades? I think this is the, the biggest kicker for this argument. Mm-hmm. Zootopia completed the hat trick earlier this year. It won Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, the Golden Globes, and the Annie Awards. It also won an Annie for directing, character design, writing, storyboarding, and voice acting by Jason Bateman as uh, mm-hmm. Nick Wilde. The Lion King was released in... Uh, 1994 before there was a best animated features category at the golden globes and at the oscars however it won best motion picture musical or comedy at the golden globes animated movies don't even get nominated for those anymore since they have their 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 own own category. category to do their thing in and the lion king also won best original score best original song at the oscars it won best animated film at the annies as well as story and voice acting for jeremy irons the lion king is i feel like a more transcendent film Mm -hmm. than zootopia among critics and the story is kind of more universal Mm -hmm. i think that zootopia is I personally feel that Zootopia is relevant because of what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. If you take the the social overtones out of Zootopia, you have an animated cop drama about animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to narrow in on that and kind of not ignore, but not focus on the social commentary aspect of it. Yes, the social commentary is a huge part of Zootopia. And if you take that out... It's an average A minus film. Mm-hmm. B plus A minus film. Yeah, it's great. It looks gorgeous. The characters are great. It's funny. But I feel like the social commentary is a big cornerstone of that film. I was listening to the score earlier, and the score is kind of unmemorable. But The Lion King, it's gorgeous on so many levels. It has very good staying power it's it's extremely emotional it is yeah i was just thinking it's that. an emotional mm-hmm. story from all for all ages this is an emotional story mm-hmm. you meet this kid who's all excited about being king watches his father die takes the blame for it runs away from home and then has to figure out like how to grow up and be normal mm-hmm. yep that's that's heavy. That's really heavy. That's really heavy for a six-year-old. Yeah. It's dark. It's funny. It's got one of the darkest songs and darkest villains, I think. And it's got the one of the darkest moments. Like, people still freak out about when Mufasa died. Yeah. It's up there with Bambi's mom getting shot, which I think is a lot less traumatic because you don't see Bambi's mom after yeah. she dies. No. You see Mufasa after he gets trampled by Wolf. Yeah, you see his and corpse. Simba's like nudging him. Yeah. And he's not... And he's he's telling him to yeah. wake up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you cry every time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm crying right now as we're recording. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Is it fine? No. 
And of course, we're not going to skirt Zootopia on its emotional uh, aspect because the scene where where Nick tells his uh, wilderness scout story and how the kids persecute him for being mm-hmm. basically a predator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's a that's a gut punch in the middle of mm-hmm. that movie, and it's 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 probably the best emotional scene in that yeah. movie. Yeah, I would almost say that like second best would be whenever um, Judy. Uh, suddenly starts doubting herself and like she goes up and mm-hmm. apologizes to nick and she's like and i am just a dumb bunny i uh-huh. mean everyone's felt that where yeah. you were definitely in the wrong you feel awful about it you know and then uh-huh. you go and you're like i'm probably gonna lose a friend over my just stupid actions i know that like i know that one really spoke to me a little bit too because i was like yeah that's so relatable like everyone everyone has felt that are there any good one-liners in Zootopia? My favorite, the line that I always laugh at is uh, the butt of a skunk. <laughs> a skunk yeah. butt rug. A skunk butt mm. rug. <laughs> when Wesselton says, sorry, when Weaselton says, <laughs> they they offered me something that I couldn't refuse. Yeah. Money. <laughs> <laughs> or he's, he's the opposite of friendly. He's unfriendly. Yeah. It's it's all small small uh, mm-hmm. turn of phrase mm-hmm. lines. Do you think Most when she goes Alan to sleep, Tudic. she counts herself? <laughs> <laughs> yup. I, I was trying to think of one liners for Lion King, and not necessarily one liners, but things that we quote all the time. And mm-hmm. that whole sequence, Mufasa, say it again. <laughs> Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Like, yeah. These are funny lines, but they're not super. Uh, they're just memorable it's because like we've out seen it funny. so many times yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then before we move on uh, a kind of an, an iconic line that's pretty much a central theme of the latter half of the movie is the past can hurt you can either run from it or learn from it mm-hmm. I feel like that's the the lesson that I take out of this mm-hmm. yeah because Simba you know he, he ran from what happened and he let it kind of control him for his adult, air quotes, mm-hmm. adult life. And, and uh, as escapist as Hokuno Matata is, there's also some really great, take it with a grain of salt, but that's something useful in life. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to drop it and let it go. Yeah. Don't stress about it, man. Stop. Don't stress about it. Just, just go. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. I think that's a really... I think that's something that we still, I personally still struggle with Mm -hmm. is it happened. Get over it. Let's move on. Yeah. I would almost say, uh, remember who you are is also kind of on par with what, with what Tori was saying. Super iconic Mm -hmm. line. Cause like he, you know, he runs away cause he, you know, feels guilty and stuff like that. And it was a really traumatic experience, but it's like, you were playing this Simba for a while. So like, Incorporate that Simba with your past Simba, and then you'll be the perfect Simba. <laughs> Hashtag perfect Simba. <laughs> like, I mean, Childish Gambino. It's great. Like, it's gonna be good. <laughs> okay, so who wins? Lion King, but it hurts a little bit. Yeah, Lion King, but it's so painful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I had to force myself to, not down talk, but to it, find faults. I had to find yeah. faults in Zootopia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because. Both of these movies are very good. The social commentary in Zootopia is very strong, and 
it's still a very good crime drama Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. without that but i feel like the lion king is more of a universal story without taking anything away there's no tentpole in the lion king that's holding up everything it's just a very well-told story that is pretty prevalent to Mm -hmm. anybody Mm -hmm. the lion king is also my pick and in the first round a lot of times tori and i wouldn't necessarily agree and my deciding factor on movies I was unsure on was if I had to pick a movie and sit and watch this over and over again all day long which one would I pick I have literally done this with Lion King and watched it six times in a row and not bad at an eye I was doing it because I was babysitting someone who was very sick and that's all he wanted to do and but like I had no I would do it again Absolutely. I love this movie. I notice new things, especially those kind of inside jokes, those really minor jokes. There's some stuff between Timon and Pumbaa that I'm like, wait, did they just say that? Like, right. The, mm-hmm. the comment about dressing up in drag, I didn't get that until at least the last five years. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic movie. I, I really do hope it makes it all the way. Yeah, I was going to pick Zootopia, but that's okay. <laughs> Were you really? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Wow. It's okay, it's it's a tough choice, but like I I personally can't see cuz with every crime show or whatever, like there's an underlying reason for why the crime was committed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so the reason why these predators are getting taken and being turned rabid basically is because mm-hmm. of the social injustice stuff that's happening. And so mm-hmm. like Tori keeps saying that if you that if you take that out then it's just a really good like crime show, but I'm like you can't like me personally, I don't think you can take that out because that's the whole basis for the kidnappings and for mm-hmm. the attacks and stuff like that. And so like and that's what I mean and that's also what ends up separating every like SVU, maybe not SVU, but like criminal minds you know, episode apart, because it's it's all, like, a different kind of mentality kind of thing, too, so. Yeah, I think you could still make it a crime a crime show in a animal universe. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be so dis- about discrimination. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be someone setting these people up to mm-hmm. be segregated. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the social commentary comes in. Probably, yeah. And, and yeah, like, I can I can see that, too. It's just, like, the fact that that is still, like, what they ended up choosing for this movie in particular. Whether the stuff was, mm-hmm. ha- like, whether, you know, Black Lives Matter movement was happening or not, you know, like, that shit was still, shit was still happening, you know? Mm-hmm. It's still a very prevalent thing. Poignant. Yeah, like, yeah. in the world today. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Lion King, like, I'm a big story person. Lion King, like, that story is phenomenal. I guess the, like, message or something in Zootopia is... I guess a little more on the nose. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, rules for Drunken Disney for Monsters, Inc. Anytime anyone says Mike or Mike, Mike Wazowski. Anytime anyone screams. And anytime, anytime we see Roz, take two drinks. Good. Yeah. Sounds good. Drink for the length of time it takes for her to speak. Right. I really like her beer. scenes. Um, there just aren't that many. 
So moving on, we have Monsters Inc. and The Lion King. And our next our next two matchups will be Big Hero Six versus the Hunchback Holy of Notre crap. Dame. And Atlantis the Lost Empire versus Beauty and the oh, Beast. Do not no. cross me on this. Don't oh, do it. No. We are going to discuss honestly and we'll see what happens. <laughs> There will be threats involved. Well, I may or may we not might be. actually fight about this one. I may or may not be preemptively sending Tori like <laughs> rotten food in the mail. Please, please don't. That goes to my mailbox too. <laughs> exactly. That's a waste of. You're wasting your money on postage. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash disneyverses. On Twitter at Disney VS, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, and give us three point one one pineapples on Google Play Music. That seems low. Three point one one out of three pineapples. Hope you have enjoyed listening to us. We're really excited about round two. It's going to get pretty intense. We had to dig deep on these because these are really good yeah. movies. Yeah. This is the downfall of doing a bracket system is that some of these movies would very obviously beat some movies that are going to move on. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Yep. We will see you guys next episode. Woo! Woo!